step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Three-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Two-time Toasted Music City Best Sports Reporter. And Glenn Blackwell. Brought to you by E610 Athletes. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford here, intern Alley. Producer Calvin behind the glass. Spider Jack over in the stats box right there. And uh, we have intern Abigail in the studio tonight, too. So we are going to kick things off. We, we were not on last time because there was a Preds game. But we're going to kick it off. And we're very glad he's going to be joining us. We have Steve Goldstein. He is the play-by-play TV announcer for the Florida Panthers. And very happy that he's joining us. I know he has some youth hockey he's having to take care of, so really glad to have him on the program. So, Steve, how you doing, man? I am doing very well. Yeah, we got uh, high school hockey playoffs down here in oh. South Florida, so it's been it's a busy week. <laughs> yeah, and they're getting ready to ramp up up here in Nashville, too. Big-time hockey going on there. So, yeah, how many schools about are there in high school hockey in that area for you? Oh, boy, there's a lot of them. Um, You know, it's a pretty widespread area between, Mm -hmm. you know, Palm Beach and Broward County, and then you go down to Miami. So uh, there's a couple of divisions. You know, Miami-Dade County, there's not a ton of schools that have their own team, so there's kind of a, if you want to call it an alliance team or an all-star team, called Miami-Dade, and they got a couple of kids that are really good. Kids from that team have gone on, you know, to college, and a couple of junior players. So, um, you know, it's a... it, it, the sport continues to grow, which is great. And now, you know, we slowly start to see kids that grew up in this area. They wind up leaving when they're, you know, anywhere from 12 to 14 years old to mm-hmm. go, you know, play for Little Caesars and one of those programs. But, uh, you know, we're starting to see a lot of kids that grew up playing hockey for the Junior Panthers, um, you know, make their way. Kyle Kaiser, who was in the World Juniors, you know, drafted by the Boston Bruins, he grew up playing for the, uh, for, for the Junior Panthers before leaving South Florida. And that's what's so awesome that we're seeing that out of South Florida with hockey being established for so long. And I know soon with Nashville, we're going to see a lot more kids going into play D1 college and junior and everything as well. So I love seeing the growth of hockey like that. It's just it's so awesome to see that. And it's really glad glad to hear that high school hockey is really taken off and and so popular down there, too. So so let's jump to the Florida Panthers now. I mean, everybody's coming back from the all star break and some teams from the bye week and everything, too. And it seems like the Panthers went on a pretty Good little streak before the end of the before the break. I mean, they beat Nashville uh, in Nashville, which was a pretty big win there too, and in getting a little bit healthier as well. So, what's the state of the Florida Panthers right now, coming back from the break? You no, know, it's real intriguing. I mean, they had lost seven in a row. It, it did not look good, and then you know you got three and four nights against three of the best teams in the league: Toronto, uh, you know, the Predators. They were tied for the fifth most points in the NHL, and San Jose with the fourth most. And you figured they got a big problem right here. You know, you've lost seven in a row. You're playing these three teams in 96 hours. What do they do? They outscore all three of them 13-5, get four in the third against San Jose before going into the break, Um, get great goaltending from both Luongo and obviously the game, you know, that Saturday night um, at Bridgestone, you know, James Reimer, to me, you know, I know the Panthers jumped out to the 3 nothing lead, but to me, James Reimer stole the game. I mean, he was – Phenomenal, stopping Smith, stopping Arvidsson on that shorthanded breakaway when the game was still scoreless. So they got saves is a huge part of it. And, you know, it's interesting. What you just asked me, they asked Bob Bugner, and he said, you know, sometimes you just get tired of losing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, enough's enough. So it's a very intriguing team because they're not 
you know, with, with those three wins, they put themselves in basically the same position they were last year where, you know, the Predators and Panthers after the All-Star break were the two best teams in the league. So, uh, you know, they, they know they have it in them to get red hot because they, they did it last year. Yeah, absolutely. So we have Florida Panthers play-by-play voice Steve Goldstein joining us right now talking Florida Panthers. And, I mean, the Panthers have some games in hand and teams above them. They're currently 10 points out of a playoff spot, which is not the easiest to make up, but it's not undoable, especially if you get the right players back. And one of those right players, Vincent Trocek, getting healthy after missing nearly two months. How big is it for him to be back in this lineup for the Panthers? You know, the Panthers have been off for so long that silly by me when you said what's going on, not to mention him, because he literally <laughs> coincided with winning those three games. You know, he's got that infectious personality. And you'd love to have, you know, three, four guys in the team that have that. But, you know, the Panthers don't have anybody that quite has it the way he does. So not only the ability, obviously, you know, he gets you know two points in the game against Nashville and he's got four in the three games he's come back but just the overall enthusiasm and intensity and you know the way he plays the game kind of with that that USA player swagger he's from Pittsburgh um that just is infectious on the team and the guys were thrilled to have him back the other thing just from a hockey standpoint is does is you know he's the second line center so you're talking about guy in Henry from 21 year old rookie Jared McCann's 22 years old you know, you're asking them against some of those good teams to go up against the second-line center, and you know at times it's, you know, it, it, it's Austin Matthews or Tavares. It's, you know, Crosby or Malkin, and that's a tall order for them to handle. So what the Trocek return did um, from a hockey standpoint is it bumped everybody else down. Now you can play your fourth line regular minutes, and it's made a big difference. No, absolutely. And with that push as well, too, as we're nearing close to the trade deadline, I mean, whatever you're able to say, do you see the Panthers being active in this to where they want to buy a little bit to try to increase and, and boost their chances to make the playoffs? You know, I think that's still to be determined. Uh, obviously, we've got, you know, probably 10 or whatever it is, 12 games until the deadline. You know, they go 8-2, and 8-3, and three, and they're within, you know, a handful of points. They've proven before just about every year they've made moves. And the other interesting thing with the Panthers is under current ownership, you know, they went out, they were way out of it when they made the Luongo trade. If you remember, that was at a trade mm-hmm. deadline. So it wasn't for the rest of that year. It was for the future. They also picked up Yara Mariotter, even though they were out of a playoff spot, made a great run, came up short. But they picked him up at a trade deadline. So they think there's somebody there that can help them for the future. Um, regardless of where they are in the standings, they've proven they will, they will go ahead and do that. Um, you know the names everybody asks for. You know, from an NHL standpoint, they're talking about Huberdo and Henrik Borgström, and the Panthers don't want to give those guys up. And then from you know minor league standpoint, the Panthers had three top liners in the World Junior Championships, and they don't want to give up any of those guys. So, um, you know, the names that people ask for are the usual names that Florida doesn't want to give up. So it's going to be pretty intriguing. Looking back over the last year of doing play-by-play, what would you say is one of your favorite moments in hockey that you've had to do a play-by-play for? You mean just the last year or ever? Let's do ever. <laughs> there I go. like that one. Let's a, do that's ever. That's a big one right there. Um, ever, I was, uh, I've done work for Westwood One, so I've done a couple of, um, I've been to four Olympics for them, and twice oh, yeah. I did the play-by-play. So I called the Crosby goal in Vancouver. Um, and that was just something else, you know, and I mean, gold medal game in Vancouver, Canada against the United States, um, just everything that was surrounding it. The building was absolutely nuts. That that, that had to be, you know, the moment. And by the way, people forget the U S on the Parisi goal tied the game with 45 mm-hmm. seconds left to send it into overtime. So mm-hmm. 
that was a huge moment. You know, as far as with the Panthers, I mean, you know, when they got younger, it was really unbelievable. Like, so many people in Florida would say – you know, non-hockey fans. Now, that's not the same Yager that was with the Penguins when we beat him back 20 years ago to make the Cup because the Panthers beat that great Pittsburgh team. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same guy. So as he's passing guys like Mark Messier and he's scoring historic goals, a lot of those moments were, were pretty unbelievable. Kind of saying, you know, I was a season ticket holder for the Rangers growing up, and I had season tickets when, you know, we were booing, you know, Mario and Yager from, <laughs> from the blue seat to Madison Square Garden. Now here I am announcing his games. It was pretty surreal. No, that that is awesome. And before I have to let you go, Steve, want to talk about FAU hockey because uh, well, one thing I'm the I'm the commissioner of the conference they're going to be joining, and and you've been a big supporter of them, and, and recently did the, the puck drop for them. So, well, for you, Ford Atlantic, the hockey program there, they're joining the SEC HC next season, and just to be a part of that program and, and growing college hockey there, why is it important for you to to be able to give back to that program? Well, first off, you know I have a, I have a you know small foundation. It's called Goldie's Gang, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of it, you know, we send kids to different sporting events and help kids that just need help and families. But a lot of the money does go towards you know families that can't afford to have their kids play hockey, and we try to give them some grants. You know, obviously hockey's an expensive sport, so I got the little foundation. I found out that FAU uh, under the new leadership. I'm sure you know Gary Kaufman, who's the general manager, and you know volunteer. Uh, the whole board are volunteers. They put a ton of time and effort in. So we, we had a little grant for them out of Goldie's Gang to help out some of the costs. You know, those kids play, you know, pay to play hockey. You know, they're paying to go to college, paying to play hockey, and it's not easy. Um, and I just love the sport and seeing a school like FAU and Lynn University in Boca as well and University mm-hmm. of Miami, you know, these teams getting these hockey programs started at the level they are. Um, and FAU is a growing school, you know, a big reputation now in football with Lane Kiffin as the head coach. So I love the sport of hockey. I think it's a wonderful experience for kids, whether or not they ever take it, you know, mm-hmm. beyond, you know, youth or high school or even at the college level. It's just great socially for these kids to learn how to be part of a team. And it's just a wonderful sport. And I want to see it grow here in South Florida. So I'm happy to, you know, play a small role, hopefully, in, in trying to help out FAU. They got a heck of a team, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, really looking forward to next year when they join the conference. Absolutely. That is perfect. We have the same philosophy up here, Steve. So we are on the exact same page. But Steve, thank you so much for joining us and best of luck to your son in high school hockey. Hope you enjoy it there and just love talking to you, man. So thank you for doing this. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, folks. This is Steve Goldstein. He is the play-by-play guy for the Florida Panthers. So you can watch the Panthers feed and you can hear him on Friday when the, the Predators take on the Panthers down there in Florida. Okay, we have a lot of show left to come up. We are going to talk some Preds. All-Star break, what happened there? Some changes to the lineup as well. A little bit of a P.K. Subban talk. I may or may not have a rant. I may or may not have a rant. I think that's a may. May or may not. I think it's a may. (laughs) You look pretty sure of yourself. May or may not have a rant about about that and some people making dumb comments. Then we're going to talk about the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference. A lot of college hockey coming up here. Same weekend as NWHL All-Star Weekend. So lots of hockey coming up next weekend here in Nashville. And then we have some great Twitter questions to answer that you all submitted earlier. All that coming up next on Penalty Box Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. 
Justin Bradford, intern Allie, producer Calvin, Spider Jack, intern Abigail. Glenn is on assignment, meaning her day job has taken her away from radio today, so we miss you, Glenn. Uh, she'll be back next week. But now, you know, it's been a while since we've been on air and so many things have happened. Uh, Allie, it's, uh, so Tony Potato's gone, so no more meatballs. Oh, no. No more, no more mom's meatballs. Oh, He's no. a... One of the very many that have gone to Minnesota, former Preds, has gone to Minnesota. That is quite a trend. Hendricks, Hunt. <laughs> There's multiple ones. Paul Fenton has taken up there in Minnesota, so that's a little different there than obviously the news that came out yesterday with Austin Watson uh, going to stage two of the substance abuse uh, rehabilitation with the, with the league. So uh, just uh, wishing our absolute best to, to Austin Watson and his family and hoping for a very uh, a good recovery for him and just wishing the best for his health for the future of his family. Uh, nothing with hockey, just want him to be healthy so he can have a good life for, for his daughter more than anything else. That's what thing that stands out to me the most. Uh, I know it's, people are worried and concerned about what's the team do, what's the team do. It's not about the team right now. It's it's about him getting better so that he and his family can be well. That's the big thing for me. Absolutely agree. I 100% agree. Although there are, have still been some people out there saying some pretty hateful things, and I don't agree with that at all. If someone's sincerely trying to get better and better themselves, why are you ragging on them? Why are you making it worse for them? Cut it out. It's the internet. That's what people it's do, over. it seems. Yeah. The event has passed. Let's go. Yeah, so so those are some of the changes in the lineup. We'll see what happens. A Kyle Turris on David Poyle talked about him potentially returning about two or three games after the break is over, and then also Mika Salamaki. But it's now the kind of thing, too, that – I'm curious as to what's going to happen for the rest of the season uh, with the Nashville Predators and up until the trade deadline. I know we have a lot of questions to answer there, but All-Star Game, let's let's go to that real quick. I know it's been over-talked, but what I noticed about the All-Star Game was Pecorine. The Central had lost every game they played in <laughs> since the new 3-on-3 format, and Pecorine goes in when it's Central versus Pacific, and he owns... When he's out there, you could tell. I mean, yeah, everybody's playing kind of half pace and wanting to show off a little bit. Pecorino didn't care. He didn't want anything to stop him. He's so you, you could tell how competitive Pecorino is in the All Star game that he was. I don't want to say going all out, but he was not holding back much. He he wanted to make sure the Central could at least win one game, and they gave him goal support too. Uh, so good job for Pecorino to recognize all that, and good for Roman Yossi as well. And then PK Subban with what he had going on uh, as well, the PK Subban project and uh, and showing that, and then the the TV show. And then I know he did a really funny series on the LOL network with Kevin Hart. I can't, I don't even want to name the name of the show because I don't know if we'll get a fine for the name of the show. <laughs> cold as, there you go. They sit in, they sit in cold tubs. It is hilarious though. The banter between them. So I highly suggest you go and watch that. It's on YouTube. It is extremely hilarious to hear PK Subin making short jokes about Kevin Hart. It is insanely, oh, no. it is, it is fantastic. I highly suggest that. So, so here's, here's the thing. I've been seeing so much talk about P.K. Subban and him building his brand and him having these TV shows and, and him doing things when it's the freaking all-star break and the bye week. Let's see. People having a problem with P.K. Subban going and doing his own thing. Um, if you follow any of the players or their wives or girlfriends on Instagram, you'll see that most of them are probably in the Caribbean enjoying a nice vacation. A well-deserved vacation. They're professional athletes. They're out there. They're getting hit every night. You know, they're, they're, they're sacrificing their bodies as well. Yes, they make money. It's their job. They're allowed to be human. 
I, I didn't realize that just because they're a professional athlete doesn't mean that they can't be human. They can't build a brand. They can't go and have fun. Oh, no, no. They need to focus on hockey because hockey's got to be the entire thing all the time in their life. they got to be hockey, hockey, hockey. Yeah, I think they want to win, too, but they need to be able to take a break every once in a while. It can help recharge them. It's okay. If you are eating, sleeping, and breathing hockey, then you need to find something else because that is not healthy. Yes, it is important that they want to be focused on the game and win when they're on their job. They're allowed to go home. They're allowed to be with their families. They're allowed to be with their children. They're allowed to go and do extracurricular things. They are human. They don't have to live, eat, and breathe hockey, okay? They're not putting themselves in danger. They're not putting anybody else in danger. They're not doing anything to endanger the team or anything like that. Let them be. I do not understand why P.K. Subban, of all players, is getting singled out for building his brand. If anything, he's representing Nashville even better because he's putting Nashville on the map more because when they say P.K. Subban of the Nashville Predators on his TV show, he gave a jersey to the kid. He's talking about the Nashville experience. He's talking about everything on there. He's a Norris Trophy winner. He's been nominated for the Norris Trophy. What more do you want from him, people? I do not understand this concept of commenting, is anybody else over P.K. Subban what he's doing? Shouldn't he be focused on hockey? Uh, Philip Forsberg went to a Titans game when he was an injured reserve. Yeah, a problem with that one? No! Stop it. Right now. If you have a problem with that, you need to log off, find another, find another team to follow. If you have a problem with what they're doing in their downtime, you need to stop being a fan of a sport because you have issues, people. You have major issues if you are thinking that players need to stop being human. That's where it needs to stop right there. Anyways. And I can breathe now. Thank you, Calvin. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. We're calm. I'm calm. I'm calm. So, P.K. Subban, since returning, has five points since returning. Thanks, Jack. Fighter Jack has that. Uh, Matias Ekholm on pace for 58 points. Has new expectations for next year. But the thing with P.K. Subban, do I think he's 100% right now? No. I don't. I don't think he's 100% in terms of his uh, injury status. But this team needs him desperately. This team will suffer greatly without P.K. Subban. If you, especially last year, there's a reason why he was nominated for the Norris Trophy last year. It wasn't just because of offensive production. His zone start times, he was starting nearly 60% of the time in the defensive zone. That's a, that's a big take right there. That's way more than half. You know, sometimes most players are going to be around half. 51, 52%, but you put it up to 60% means you're facing some tough competition. So P.K. Subban and Matias Ekholm, at the time when they were paired together, were the number one pair. I don't care what you say. They're the number one pair, what they're facing. Now you change it up a little bit. You have Roman Yossi. And P.K. Subban, you have two elite defensemen. Yes, they're both elite. Shut up. Both are elite defensemen that can skate, that can score, that can pass as well. And obviously Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm, that's a good pairing because they have history together. So I'm, I like what they're doing here and just taking a, taking a fire on this. Let's see what happens. And then you have Dan Hamhuis, and now it'll be rotating. It looks like between Yannick Weber and Matt Irwin as well. I'd really like to see the Predators trade to to acquire someone that's a little bit better on the third pairing well to really solidify that you can trust with nine to ten minutes a night and step up if there are injuries because right now if there are injuries it gets a little scary any one of the defensemen goes down it gets a little scary we've we've all seen what happens with with Irwin and Weber out there so if Hamus goes down that's what could happen and I'm just saying that because if this team is going to go on a long run that third pairing becomes pivotal just like a third line 
is pivotal. It's the matchups that happens out there, especially when you're on the away team and you have, say, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler out there. You know, the Winnipeg Jets, the team the Predators are probably going to face in the second round if they can get past the first round, both of them. And the last change goes to the home team. They're going to put <laughs> Shifley and Wheeler and those guys out against Irwin and Weber. And it's not going to be pretty. Well, then who would you recommend bringing in? Like, if you were David mm-hmm. Poyle right now, who would be the top three people you would possibly look at? That, that's hard to say. The, the one I'd look at, I know Jeremy K. Gover wrote about this, and I mean, the LA Kings have already done a little bit by trading away Jake Musson. Uh, Alec Martinez would be the one for me from LA. I really think he would help solidify the third pairing in the defense. He's been there. He's, he's, he's a veteran as well. I'd like to see him. He would be my top defensive guy. And the Kings, they still they still have more to sell, I think, too, just to get in the right situation. So I think they'd be looking for picks or prospects more than a roster player as well with their cap situation. That would be that'd be my thing. And that's my thing. And I know there haven't been games for us to talk about, so I just got a little ranty because I've just been frustrated. You good. That's it's okay. It's been a while since we've been on air, too. It's okay. Yeah, it has been. It has it's good been. to see you. It's good to see you missed too. Missed you. Yeah, missed you too. Missed it's been you a too. minute. And, Hi, and, and you know what? The, and the Predators start off with a back to back Florida, then home against Dallas. Speaking of... <laughs> Dallas, huh? <laughs> Not Dallas, eh? That's what we call a segue. <laughs> Winter Classic. Allie, how excited are you for this? I cried today. <laughs> I literally sat in my chair in front of my, my big Preds ball behind my desk and was like, just thinking about it, I was I was doing research for our guest earlier yeah, yeah. and play-by-play, and I was like, I grew up listening to Terry Chris, you know? Like, I fell asleep listening to him do play-by-play when I was super little. Like, that's just what I fell asleep to. And in that amount of time, in the last the last couple years alone, a Stanley Cup final trip, President's Trophy, yep, Vesna, mm-hmm. they've gotten so much done in the last couple of years, and now they are being given a Winter Classic. Like, yeah, I cried. It's a big. It's their first outdoor game. Yeah, and the NHL is officially teams. recognizing them. They're strong enough as a fan base to have that. Oh, yeah. Y'all have come so far. Yeah, and the fan base has come so far. It's going to be great to see them travel as well. I cannot wait to see national fans traveling. It's been blowing up all over social media, people booking hotels and everything. And, yes, there will be an official Penalty Box Radio trip. And and I'll go ahead and say this. So if you're listening now, then you're going to be some of the first to know what we're going to be planning there. Oh, Ooh. oh! before we go to break and have to tease this out, uh, we have something special planned for New Year's Eve. I oh. have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea? For New Year's Eve in Dallas, what are we doing? We are renting out a ballroom, and we are going to throw what? a mega Nashville New Year's Eve party in Dallas, Texas. If there's not a guitar drop, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> a New Year's Eve party in Dallas. And you know what? You're all going to be invited. You just got to meet us in Dallas. Well, gonna be I food, plan on being there. Food, beverage. We're going to have music. Working on some special guests as well. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be oh, a grand old hockey time for New Year in Dallas. You, you celebrate with us. Then you go enjoy the winter class the next day. That's going to be fun. So be on the lookout. More information on Penalty Box Radio and that, that trip to the Winter Classic. So up next, we're going to talk some college hockey. I think Internally has some questions for me about that. Oh, That's yes, all I up do. next here on Penalty Box Radio, Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.
and welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, intern Alley here. Boy, with the tunes, yeah, producer Calvin. Yeah, that head nod going. Yeah, he's got that head nod going. All right. Doing super well. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, yeah, right. I like this. Justin, I got some questions for you. Oh, for me? Oh, for you. Oh, some questions for me. So uh, I heard there's uh, this thing next weekend. A little thing. A little thing. A little thing. A little kind thing. of a... Slightly big thing, but Slight, yes. Slightly big thing, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. SEC tournament. It's yeah. going on. What teams are coming out? Yeah, so it's the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference. It's the championship at Very Fordyce nice. Center, February 8 to 10. It's it's going to be huge. Uh, we have eight teams coming. First round matchups, you have Georgia versus Tennessee, Arkansas versus Florida, South Carolina versus Auburn, and Ole Miss versus Vanderbilt. So there's some great matchups here, and I know... I believe in this area there are a few fans of all those teams. Just a few. Just a few SEC fans in the Middle Tennessee area. Uh, I suggest you come out and support these teams because if you are a fan of any of those schools, you've got to come out and support the hockey programs because it is a great way to support the team that you love. And, hey, some of these teams are going to have merch as well. See if you want to get T-shirts or jerseys or pucks or anything like that. Support your school. And then also, you're going to be up close and personal with college hockey action. These kids skate fast. They love to hit. I mean, every one of these oh, games yeah. is like a rivalry game because they played each other so much throughout the season. It's not, they don't like each other, and it shows. I mean, they're playing for their conference championship. They're playing for the Sarge Cup, okay? It's the brand-new trophy that we have this year. Brand spanking new. It's huge. It's heavy. These kids saw this trophy, and it has the history of the entire – all 11 conference champions on this thing and with their team name, the coach, and the captain representing the history of our league. Of the SECHC. They want to win this trophy so very badly. And the first game is Friday at one Friday, February eighth at one fifteen PM at Fort Ice Center. And here's the thing, tickets are pretty affordable. Ask me how much tickets are, Allie. (laughs) Justin, how much are tickets? Only fifteen dollars a day. Oh that's four games. That's such a fair price. So Friday and Saturday, it's four games. It's like buy three games games for five dollars each and get the fourth one free. There see? See? 15 bucks, and you know what? They're, they're for sale as well on the SECHC website, so SECHC.net. Yeah, buy, buy, buy. There you go. Buy, buy, buy. Yeah, <laughs> go buy these tickets. If you get a weekend pass, there are 10 games, 10 games in this tournament. You get a weekend pass, and you're going to save 5 bucks as well instead of paying for every single day. So some people ask, well, is it just $15 for one game? No, it's $15 for four games, $15 again for another four games, and then you get third place in the championship game. And it's huge. And Fort Day Center is going to be decked out because the NWHL All-Star Game is going on. The skills competition is going on there, too. It is hockey, hockey, hockey that weekend in Nashville because the good, Predators good, are going to have a home game. They're going to have a home They're going to have a home and home series with St. Louis going on. And so they're going to have a home matinee. And then the NWHL All-Star Game, we have the NWHL skills competition going on Saturday. You have SECHC hockey going on all weekend, too. If you're a hockey fan, one, you're probably listening to the show. If you're not a hockey fan... <laughs> Hi, welcome to Penalty Box Radio. <laughs> you could really go and enjoy some great hockey next week and all around the city of Nashville. I am very excited about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. So I heard there's something else to be excited about. I heard you were aiding eight expansion teams. Yeah, yeah. So the SECHC is expanding. So it's been hovering around eight to ten teams, it seems, uh, for, for, the, for the time now. To give people background on this, the SECHC, it's, it's club hockey. So it's non-varsity hockey. These are student organizations and these kids are paying to play. I mean, they have a lot of support from their schools, from their parents, from, from a lot of adults in the community. But this is it really means a lot to them. They have a lot of ownership in their clubs. And so it's a big deal to them for this. And what we wanted to do was to expand it 
to add more clubs to one, reduce travel costs to get more teams closer to each other, and two, to bring in teams that have the same mantra of we want students that have great academics that are preparing themselves for the future because what they do with these clubs is you have students running, you have student presidents, you have student treasurers, vice presidents, secretaries, things like that, that that is preparing them for success in the future. So yeah, they're playing hockey, but they're learning how to be a leader because they're having to be organized, they're managing money, they're managing schedules, managing travel costs, budget, everything that you need to actually know when you become an adult that a lot of times you aren't taught. <laughs> you just have to learn by, you know, life coming and kicking you in the boot. <laughs> so That's fair. Yeah, so it's learning a lot of these great life skills, and that's what we're doing with the expansion. So we're adding Clemson University. We are adding in Kennesaw State. We are adding in the University of Alabama in Huntsville, the club team, because they do have a club team, and an NCAA D1 team. Uh, We are adding in Florida Atlantic, Florida State, Lynn University down Boca Raton, Middle and Middle Tennessee State. And rumor has it that Alabama will be getting a D3 team, which will join the conference because they currently have a D1 D3 team, they'll miss, put us at 16 teams for next year, doubling the size of this conference. That's going to make a fun weekend next year. Oh, oh yeah. Really competitive hockey, and we're expanding all throughout the Southeast. We are the best conference in the ACHA, the American Collegiate Hockey Association. I truly believe that. Very competitive. These students are so excited when that all-academic team comes out because it show, they want to prove to not just themselves, but to their family, to their friends, to the professors that, hey, I can be a college athlete and I can maintain my grades too. And that is really big to so many of these students is they want to prove that they can maintain a high GPA and travel and miss some class because they have to travel. I mean, Arkansas, how far away is Fayetteville, Arkansas from just Nashville? That's a long drive, yet these kids do it uh, and, and have to go down to Florida, going all the way over to South Carolina. I mean, it's a long drive and lots of travel for these kids, but they love doing it because they love the game. And so that's why I want people to come out to support this tournament, support these college athletes, because they'll feed off that energy in Fordyce Center. They will feed off of it so much. And hey, I made I made the warm up music myself. It is eight total minutes of all Toto. I am so proud of you. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> no, it's, not. it's not, but um, there will be some Toto mixed in every once in a while, I'm sure, over the weekend. Good. <laughs> Good. There will be, yeah. No, but it's it's going to be fun. It's great for hockey to have it here in Nashville because it, it, this is going to be the fourth year that this tournament is going to be in Nashville. It's been all throughout the Southeast. been in Alabama multiple years. I believe it's been in Georgia before, too. So it's great to have it in Nashville because this city is, is hockey central when it comes to most of the Southeast. I mean, you think of all the people that play hockey here. The arenas are continuing to be built. And then just the fans, the, the fan bases. I mean, if there's any other city to be comparable to having fans of these teams, it would be Atlanta. That's about it. And you have you have Nashville and Atlanta that have that many SEC fans in the metro area. So you're going to have fans from all these teams that live in this area. Come out and support them. I mean, Georgia, UT, Vandy, South Carolina, Auburn, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. There's so many people that support those teams here. They have hockey teams. They exist. Hockey teams for these programs exist. And you can support it. You can, you can be a part of the program. I'm sounding like an infomercial right now, but that's how much and how passionate <laughs> I am about this tournament and why I think it's important as well, because they, they play their hearts out and they really love this game too. Yeah, I don't blame them at all. <laughs> but on the other hand, it would also be a very good experience for the city as a whole, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a great way to bring your kids out, you know, because at Ford, I said, if you've never been there before, you can get right up on the glass and watch. I mean, you're so close to the action. When a big hit happens right in the corner, you can be standing right there and they'll knock your drink off the edge. Yeah. And you're right there. Careful. On to you sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we have great sponsors for the tournament as well. And Fordyce Center has been great. The National Predator has been great. I know that an article is going to come out soon on predators.com 
which is going to be great talking about this tournament too. Um, so, hey, it's legit. The Predators are backing it. <laughs> when the National Predators are backing an event like this, that's when you know it's a good deal right there, that you need to be out there for it. And it's a great way to introduce a lot of people to this game and, and to introduce it. I was in Savannah for the Savannah Hockey Classic a couple weeks ago, and that's where it was Florida State, Florida, Georgia, and Georgia Tech. had 5,000 people each night. They had 10,000 people come out in two nights to watch club college hockey. In Savannah, Georgia, there's no reason why you can't do that in Nashville as well. Because if you support hockey, you support these teams, you go out and, you go out and buy tickets and support it, and it's great because you're hearing people ask questions about the sport at that event. Oh, so is it, is it called an intermission or a halftime? What is it called? It's a great way to educate people. I know some people roll their eyes, but if you want to grow this sport more, you have to be willing to answer questions. And you may think it's a dumb mm-hmm. question, but you need to answer it. That's how you educate people about the game. You want people to fall in love with the game like you do. You educate them about it. You talk to them about it. You give them opportunities to do that. And that's what we're all about. That's what Penalty Box Radio is all about. That's what the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference is all about. Because we want to grow the game. We want more people to be exposed to the game. We want people to know that these teams exist. Absolutely. That's why we yeah. give you our knowledge for free. For free. Yeah, just, just tune in on the radio dial. But yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a fun time. And you can find Super more information at net about expansion. You know, I'm sure with all eight teams that we're adding as well, there are plenty of fans of those teams in this area too. Uh, so we're really excited about that. And hey, we might be streaming some of these games. If you can't make it, we are going to be streaming. So that's a very important piece as well. So lots of volunteers, over 65 people come out to volunteer, whether it's PA announcers, play-by-play, runners, scorekeepers, um, broadcasters, everything. They're all coming out to volunteer, so I can't thank people enough for wanting to be a part of this, that they vo- are volunteering their time to come and make this a special tournament for people. That's, that's what I love, a feed off of that. So, yeah. Yeah? Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. All right, so I expect to see everybody there, every one of you. I'll be there, but the nwhl game is super important to me so (laughs) (laughs) you can do all of it people you can do all of it that we can you can do the preds game you can do nwhl and you can do secchc hockey i mean that's a great weekend that's a fantastic fantastic weekend weekend. okay well up next thank you Allie. thank you for that yeah appreciate up next we have lots of twitter questions to answer a lot of it dealing with the roster that's all coming up next year on penalty box radio here on nashville's best sports talk espn 125 the game Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Intern Alley, producer Calvin, and the dancers in the studio right now are Spider Jack and Intern Abigail. <laughs> oh, Jack, you're so white. All right. We have a few questions to answer. People submitted <laughs> via Twitter here. Uh, all right. This is from Catfish Jake. Oh, Catfish Jake, which, who, by the way, did you hear what Catfish Jake did at the All-Star game? No, I did not. Catfish Jake threw a catfish from the upper deck in San I'm Jose. I'm so proud of you. And it hit the ice. I'm so As proud of you. Big mm-hmm. time. There's some grainy video of it, of it happening, but it happened after Yossi scored <laughs> at the All-Star game from the, uh, from the upper deck. Catfish Jake. That's big time. That's big time. Catfish Jake, you've been on the show. He's a friend of the show. Catfish Jake asks, most important player needing to step in for Watson the penalty kill? We had like three of these questions, so I'm giving the, 
the, the statement to Catfish Jake there. So look at this. Let's look, let's look at some of these things. There, in terms of the penalty kill, uh, I think it's important for a lot of players to step up because Austin Watson obviously blocks a lot of shots. That's the big thing for him is blocking shots and getting in the way there too and also creating offensive opportunities the other direction because of those block shots. So I think stepping up, I'm not saying they have to do more. I'm just saying they have to step up in his absence because you have guys like Nick Benino, who Nick Benino, who plays a lot. Man, I cannot say that name. Nick Bonino, <laughs> who has to step it up as well with his game on the penalty kill. Colton Sissons, obviously Cal Yarncroke. Those are those guys that you're looking for in terms of forwards on the penalty kill. Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson. I mean, all those guys, they have to play as a cohesive unit on the penalty kill because, yes, the penalty kill has gotten better, but there's still some weak points on it as well. Who's going to have to step in as well in the third line? I mean, there are some players where we're seeing this. We're, they're having slower seasons, but the first line's making up for it. I mean, Cal Yonkroke really has a long way to go. He, he, there's there's a lot of things that, that he needs to do to, to produce more points this season for the Predators. I think he's one of those guys who needs to step up. Kyle Turris, obviously, once he's healthy. Uh, Nick Benino, who has goals in his last three games. He is on pace for 42 points, which, I mean, I don't know if he can keep that streak going. But in terms of offensive production, he seems to be going to the right places at the right times a lot right now. I know George Matarangas, he's our analytics reporter. He had a great article, a deep dive on Nick Benino that just came out. Looking at the analytics of Benino right now, and that is, a lot of it's just luck. And you know what? In sports, when you're lucky, you keep on going with it. I mean, I, I know people may not believe in it, but you make your own luck. In hockey, you make your own luck. So if you're doing the right things and just the pucks bounce, puck bounces are going your way, keep at it until it stops because you don't want to waste those opportunities. Uh, Colton Sissons. Obviously, he's uh, he's two and on the road, filling in for Kyle Turris. He's on pace for thirty six points, a career year for him. Victor Arvidsson, big time, five goals and five games on pace for fifty four points after missing twenty seven games. I mean, Arvy, he's doing fantastic. So, in terms of stepping up, this whole team just needs to step up. And I'm not saying that Austin Watson's the make or break guy on this team because he's obviously not. I mean, there are other players that are more make or break, but there's a presence that's going to be missed with him not being there on the ice in terms of looking at the the hockey side of things, the presence of, of the physicality that he has, the shot-blocking ability that he has, and he's had some chemistry out there when he's been out there playing with Benino at times. So it'll be interesting to see what the Predators do, uh, but it's not, I think it's one player that needs to step up. I think as a team they need to step up as units because you're going to have guys seeing minutes right now that in the earlier part of the season maybe uh, weren't seeing it, uh, or maybe Ronaldo's going to get more playing time, depending on when, you know, when the Preds get healthy, they might be calling up guys as well. You know, I think there's guys like uh, Blackwell, Colin Blackwell out of Milwaukee, he can fill in as a center or a wing as well. He's a bigger body, too. I think he was serviceable in his call-up. So I think there's there's some opportunities there for players, I and mean, you don't want to poach a lot from Milwaukee, but there's also Emil Petrosan that could get a chance as well if you're looking for a guy that could be a third-line guy. I don't want to see many call-ups from Milwaukee get fourth-line minutes. I want to see them get some actual time, especially if they have offensive upside like Petrosan does. Allie, anything you want to – I know I kind of hog that one, but – you're good. You said the magic word, Zach Ronaldo. So. Oh, okay. All right. I'd like to see it. Here we go. Kyle13Humphreys asks, who do you think we are most likely to trade for, and do you think Fiala would be involved in that trade? I think the Predator's going to be involved in something. I do not know what. I do not have any of those sources going. But if the return is something that is not just a rental, I'm okay with Kevin Fiala being a part of it. But I don't want that potential that Kevin Fiala has if it's just a rental. That, that That's my take on it, is that if it's the kind of thing where it's a guy that has another even another year left, one more year left, it's okay because at least you're getting a year and a few months out of that player. But a rental, it's not worth it. It's got to be huge. I mean, if it's a package deal, okay. You know, if you're bringing back 
uh, even then, if you're, it's 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 hard for 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 Naren or Mark Stone or whatever to give up that potential that Fiala does have because last year was really good and he could repeat that again. I know it's risky business. Trading is always risky business. You never know. But I'd rather see a trade and sign. Kind of like what they did with Turris, or at least have another year on it, not for rental. I just don't want to see them giving up on that. I've noticed people have also specifically said Kevin Fiala. A lot. A lot. A lot, because I think other teams will still value him higher than what Predators fans are valuing him at. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Statistically. Statistically, he still is producing. Pretty competent. (laughs) And in ways that may not show up on the scoreboard. And that's what the advanced analytics say, that he's going to right place this season. Sometimes is that cliche, gripping his stick too tight. I think not being able to finish, but I still think potential is very there. Uh, hey, you know, people are saying that, asking, is he a cancer in the locker room? Because what happened with him and Arvey? Um, Kevin Fiala was vacationing with the Swedes <laughs> over the break. Yeah. So it was he all was. the Swedes and Fiala in uh, Turks and Caicos is, is what it was. Uh, source on that is Instagram. There's the source, not Wikipedia. <laughs> so let's see. Okay. I am Lord Stanley asks, will Wizard Poil bring us Panarin? You know what? A lot of people are talking about Nashville could be in on that. And Nashville, it'd be a rental. Breadman has said he wants to go to big market. It's been said, I mean, even the agent has said this before, he wants to go to big market. And I'm sorry, Nashville's not a big market. And that's okay. That's okay. When we say big market, we're talking about, you know, the population has to be huge. They want name and lights, the star of the team. Not going to be that here right now. Uh, So it would be a rental situation. I doubt it'd be a, a... sign but everybody starts salivating when they hear a player is available it gets it gets oh i'm aware i still hear matt duchene in my sleep (laughs) matt duchene matt duchene it should be more like mark stone mark stone mark stone really that's i mean if we're talking about a player that could be a very important piece for the long run and you're able to get him to like a five or six year deal mark stone would be quality holy moly i don't know if ottawa's gonna give him up but that would be that would be fantastic to bring Mark Stone in. I, again, I think the Predators going to be active. I don't know why. I do not have any inside information. I think they'll be active because there's obviously some pieces they need to address. And it's I think the Athletic came out with Pierre LeBron with the arms race that's going to happen between Nashville and Winnipeg. Yeah, it's going to happen. So I I can't foresee that not happening for them to make some sort of move. I don't see them going in with like we're good, even with Watson being out. Tourists being you know, full of injuries this season as well. I don't see them saying, yeah, we're good. No, I think they're going to address some things. May not be, you know, David Poyle is not always one to go for the blo- the blockbuster in terms of what you'd expect or the player you'd expect. Sometimes he's evaluating things differently or past history, Peter Laviolette. You know, when you've seen some of the moves that David Poyle has made, you go, oh, oh yeah, that player was available. <laughs> it's not the one that's always being talked about sometimes. So just be aware of that. Okay. Uh, we have here, uh, <laughs> Will Rab. How would you construct the lineup with without Watson and also Turris was until he returns, hopefully sooner than later. So still think you obviously keep Jofa together. Then oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, stupid not to. And then when Turris returns, I'd still like to see them try the Fiala Turris Smith thing again. See yeah, if they can I get like some of that chemistry back. Yeah. And see what happens I there. Agree. And then the third line, I like Benino and Sissons. And then I'd say yarn croak right now. What I like, I liked last year when they did three centers like that. One, it makes it dangerous on faceoffs, and they they really did very well with faceoffs because that was that's one you treat as the line that could have some offensive that has offensive upside when they're playing right. Like Cal Yarnko should be scoring way more than he does. 
Oh yeah, he really should be. Yeah, and that's the kind of the kind of line that in terms of matchups, because that's and I, I've said this so many years in a row now. In the playoffs, that third line is what makes the difference, because the first two lines are expected to score. But who do you match up against your third line? Do they have enough weapons on a third line? I still don't think that's enough. And that's why I think there needs to be a trade, because if you can have a guy like Craig Smith on the third line, and he gets hot, that's fine. Or the guy you trade for can put in some goals, that's fine. But that third line is the the make or break. For any team, I really do think, because that's what makes the difference. I mean, look at it in the Pittsburgh Penguins when the HBK line, when Benino was there. The HBK line made a huge difference for the Pittsburgh Penguins before when they won the cup with Benino there. And that was the third line a lot of times. Or, I mean, sometimes their second line. It really depends. But but Benino was able to be there as a third. Yeah, because, because behind Crosby and Malkin and Benino. So it, a third line can make a huge difference. That's why I want to see the Predators make a move to really solidify that third line. Okay, another Watson question, another Watson question, another one. Okay, Canuck for Liberty, I know you've spoken up in Nyquist, but which player do you think the Preds should go after to fill Watson's skates? I mean, if you were looking to fill Watson's skates and then, then some, it'd be obviously Wayne Simmons. Well, Because he has more yeah. offensive upside. He has way yeah. more offensive upside than, than Austin Watson in terms of producing goals because of the where he parks himself. Yeah. <laughs> five on five down on the power play, and you can put Simmons on the power play, and not too often you're putting Watson on the power play. Yeah, I would really... I would really enjoy seeing Simmons play with the National Predators. Play. Like, <laughs> I, I don't it would, think you're the only one. <laughs> it would significantly. Significantly increase it, right? Uh, yeah, don't get me started on the power play because I'm, I'm waiting to see what adjustments have been made. Let's give it three games and then see if I have to rant again about the power play. <laughs> Let's see, folks, if you want more coverage on hockey, I know we have lots of coverage of high school hockey, thanks to Abigail Martin. We have lots of coverage on college hockey, lots of coverage on the Milwaukee Admirals, thanks to John Jensen up in Milwaukee. We have lots of coverage on everything, podcasts, videos, stories, everything that you want when it comes to hockey. You have it at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. And then more information on the SECHC tournament coming up next week. So, Thank you for tuning in. If you miss any of the show, it'll be on PenaltyBoxRadio.com in the morning. So this is Justin Bradford for Intern Alley and producer Calvin and intern Abigail and Spider Jack. Thanks for tuning to Penalty Box Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.